Hi, this is Sean King, host of My Youth on Record. Have you ever wondered what your favorite musicians were like in high school? My co-hosts and I took that question straight to the artists. You're about to get a candid look into the teenage years of our next musical guest. You and I are both advocates of the local scene. You said this, and I love this quote. Whereas here in Denver, we're all just on our own trains, and so it's all over the place. And that's kind of nice to have that freedom. So I think Colorado is pretty cool for that. But yeah, there's never that feeling of really working together. Mm. Where did you find this? I, I don't know. I don't know where that's from. I said that? That was you. But I think it's cool because you're like, you're, you're calling the scene what it is. It's, de- it's definitely different trains and people have had a hard time kind of putting this, we've, we're not a grunge city. It's not, it's not like a Americana city like Austin. Mm, mm. It's not, it's not like, you know, post Ramones bands from Brooklyn. Right, right, it's right. Not, we're not all riding that wave yeah, together. Yeah, so. We should be. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm throwing it out there just to like. Like, yeah, let's, I read uh, let's into update that. that. I want to know how long ago that was. Okay, school. I'll find it. I'll find it. It's old. It's got to be. Oh, it's I don't old. Remember yeah, it's old. Trains. <laughs> In any go. But one thing about Denver that I find one of the most unique and beautiful places to create is that we're not all riding that same train. And so that we can be free to make our own music. And if we started being those cities that ride the wave we're all gonna start to sound alike Mm. now granted that might put us in a better position better leverage on an industry level and i think that's something that's hard about making music in denver is we don't have the financial industry right right but creatively it's still my favorite city and i travel a lot and and there's something about Denver that's very unique. Welcome to My Youth on Record, a podcast where artists share the music they created as teens and the stories behind the songs. We have a treat for you today. We're speaking with the amazingly rebellious and talented Kaylin Heffernan, front woman and creator of the indie, political, hip-hop, jazzy, funk ensemble, Wheelchair Sports Camp. If you didn't know, Kaylin is a natural comedian, artist, activist, and teacher. An avid storyteller, Kaylin gives us her take on growing up with hip-hop and her early life as a queer rapper. She challenges the able-bodied community to examine their privilege. Just how accessible or inaccessible are our schools, our communities, and the music industry? Kayla knows firsthand. Let's just start by saying, Kaylin, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. We have so much to cover, I think. So let's just jump right <laughs> in. Uh, so freshman year in high school, had you already written yeah. your first rap? Yeah. I wrote my first rap for my sixth grade talent show hmm. about the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. Okay. I don't remember anything except, like, we're winning Super Bowl 33. Okay. Oh, and boom. I beatboxed into a tape for like four minutes. Is this like 95 or? 98 or 97. 97. Was it the first or the second one? I don't know. 
Super did you go Bowl down? 33, that's yeah, what I know. Okay. Yeah. Did you go down to Larimer when they were like tear gassing everybody? Did. Yeah, my, me and my that mom were into that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they were probably tear gassing my mother. <laughs> um, okay, so you already had, you'd already performed that sixth yeah. grade. Yeah, yeah. Seventh and eighth grade. You're now freshman. You're writing a lot more. No, I was just still doing like talent shows. Um, it was probably like sophomore year, so like right after the year after meeting T Boz that I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be a rapper. Mm. Um, so I wasn't trying to like sell myself to T Boz. Thank God, because I did that a lot. I like snuck backstage and was like, yeah, Kanye, let me help you save hip hop. I got 16 bars. <laughs> huh. <laughs> so, I um, I want to know like how did how did your mom um, play a role in uh, in in your high school and middle school experience? How did she play a role in your education? Um, my mom's a really interesting character. She's really wild. She makes me like seem real dull. Uh, and uh, she she was a really good advocate for me in my education. Um, one thing that like I respect a lot, she like wouldn't let me go to any school that like I had a different entrance. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the schools, like the back door is accessible or the side door is accessible. She never let that shit fly. Like mm-hmm. no no no. So um, she was really good with that and, like, making sure that my aides were, like, you know, provided just to, like, carry me upstairs. I went to, like, a really old schools and, like, getting backpacks off of me and stuff like that. She would just, like, she was, like, down the school's throat if, like, anything was, like, not happening right. Like if they didn't have an elevator or anything? Yeah. Um. I, it really killed her that I w- chose to go to Lakewood because um, that was the oldest school in Jefferson County at the time. Mm. Uh, but I'm so glad I went there instead of like Wheat Ridge or something. Okay. Um, so yeah, she was, and, and more than anything, like my mom's been really influential for me because she's just like wild and doesn't give a fuck. And right. <laughs> that's probably that. where I got like, a lot of my fire um and and also like yeah my house was wild my house hold was always wild but i chose it like i Mm. i chose to stay with my mom and not live with my dad who was a lot more like stable and practical and like boring you know right (laughs) and i want to dive in a little bit with that because i made a similar decision um when i was in high school uh my mom um, but it was re- it was reversed. Uh, I stayed with my dad because he had that stability, mm-hmm. and like I could have went to Kansas, for example, mm-hmm. and it just it didn't seem like the right fit. I wanted to stay in uh, in at East mm-hmm. and and finish that education. So, what makes you what made you choose um, specifically uh, the chaos over the stability? I don't know. I, I guess I gotta. I got a sick thing for chaos in my life, but (laughs) I think too, like my, the thing about it was like, my dad never like jumped shit. 
like my mm-hmm. dad always followed the chaos like oh, to make sure that I was like like my dad still like financially supported the basics you know what I mean like my dad no matter how wild my mom went off the deep end like I was gonna have a house over my head mm-hmm. you know and if if it weren't for that like I probably wouldn't have had a choice but to stay with my dad um I think the other thing was too is like I was already, I was, like, really mature for my age right away, you know? Like, I was the five-year-old hanging out with, like, teenagers and stuff. And so, like, I always did what I wanted with my mom. Like, I made the rules because my mom, like, needs help with rules, you know? (laughs) Like, I went to school and, like, was on the structured thing, and, like, she needed that. And so, like, I couldn't see myself going to my dad's or like no one's over on school nights you know that's like ridiculous to me like if people want to come over they're gonna come over you know and like I didn't have a bedtime Mm. and like I I made my own rules so like I think that was a big reason why I stayed with my mom because I ran the show but it also like meant that I had more responsibility of like kind of being the mom a little bit. It sounds like there's no regrets there. I mean... No. Right. No. But when I was 18, I was... I was it. That was it. Like, I... (laughs) I I was out the house for sure. Mm -hmm. I've lived on my own since I could. Or since, you know... That was... Yeah. And how close are you guys now? We're close. We're close. I mean, like, it's... It's nice being an adult and being able to, like, have your boundaries and know when... And, you know how often you can like be in that chaos you know and mm-hmm. and my my like uh limitations have changed a lot you know i can't deal with the chaos like i used to as a kid cuz mm. <laughs> now i know what it's like to have a peaceful like quiet house sometimes Definitely. you know Kaylin was diagnosed with osteogenesis imperfecta or oi or brittle bones before she was a year old. When you sit with her, her disability is both everywhere and nowhere to be found. It stares you in the face and then disappears into the background of her humor, her insight, her music, and the way she lives her life. Her high school experience in Metro Denver was both ordinary and shaped by her life in a wheelchair. But more so, it was shaped by her friendships her family, and her dedication to creating an authentic sound. In, in high school, can you take us through like a, a typical day and, and, and even specifically like how did music play into like your, your typical high school routine? Yeah, I woke up really early because I took the school bus and they would pick me up like hella early. So I was, like, always listening to music, getting ready, you know. And then I was listening to music on the bus. Who are some of the artists? Uh, wow. Uh, let's see. Like, early high school. I don't know. I was, like, into 50 Cent mm. and Slim Shady still and... Um, 
I started like kind of finding what I thought was underground hip hop, okay. um, but turns out they were all like backed by major labels. But like <laughs> right, right. The Roots and Talib Kweli and even Kanye West's first album, um, CeeLo Green. Mm. I was into Wyclef Jean. Um, I found Erica Badu more towards the end, and she's like the ultimate for me. So. Right. Uh, I was still into like R and B too. I was listening to Lloyd. Um, yeah, I was listening everything. You know, mm-hmm. if it was like mainstream and on the radio, I was into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a big digger. Okay. Like I was pretty happy with the things that I found. One of the things we we've come up a number of times in the podcast is like the whole idea of like purpose and is there was there a moment that clicked where you're just like this is exactly what I want to do I'm going to be a rapper I don't care how it gets done I don't care if I make any money at it was there was there ever a moment like a like a yeah there was but I don't know like the defining like moment but I there was a moment like I I wanted to be like a this is really common in the disabled world is I wanted to be a doctor you know I wanted to be the the dude who saved my life or who made my surgeries happen my surgeries like have made it so that I'm more independent and whatnot so I wanted to be like an orthopedic surgeon um and then I just like there was nothing in my life that I cared about furthering Mm -hmm. besides rap rap was the only thing that like stuck with me and like Mm. never took sideline it never like was just a mediocre like throwaway love you know like it was always i'm just obsessive like hard in love with hip-hop you know rap music so there was i think it was in high school when i like you know started being more confident in myself and stuff and it was like yeah I'm just gonna do this and and honestly I was talking about doing it more than I was actually doing it like I wasn't a writer that was like always writing I don't have like tons of notebooks it was like Mm. I'm gonna set myself up for a deadline or a song like I'm gonna make a song and I needed that deadline or else it wasn't gonna happen you know Mm. I wasn't like constantly working yeah i was constantly talking about it (laughs) another another thing i was curious about i know you've had i know you've had multiple operations were those happening through high school oh yeah Mm. yeah i started getting operated on when i was nine months so i have rods in all my major bones and the rods keep the bones straight because after breaking them they start to like bow and curve Mm. And if you let that go, then you can't put weight on those bones because they're all crooked. So they would, like, re-break the bone to make it perfectly straight and then put a rod in the middle. So I started with my femurs when I was nine months. So I, like, spent a lot of my early, early childhood in a spica cast, just like a full-body cast. Mm. And uh, in high school, I had, like, the most intense surgery of my life, which was a spinal fusion it was like a eight-hour operation. I had to get all these tests done to see if I could even like 
make it my surgeon he's really good but he has like the worst bedside manners i just talked to him about this Mm. um and he's like hey your back is pushing on your organs and i'm really fortunate that like i never had the chronic pain that a lot of other people with my disability have Mm -hmm. and so like my back was crooked but it never bothered me so like i'm the type of person that doesn't go get anything fixed unless it's broken right me too and uh he eventually was like yo your back is like really you're twisting a lot and if you don't take care of this it's gonna push on your organs and you're gonna die a short life so we have to do it but you're 17 so you're already a little old so i hope you make it Mm. (laughs) i was like cool and then i got out of surgery and the first thing he told me was like that did not go very well mm. and i was like thanks chang <laughs> thanks chang can you laugh about it with him now yeah you... i just did like actually <laughs> uh, two weeks ago i have a broken femur again <laughs> oh. i went and got checked up with him and i haven't seen him in a while because he's been talking about retiring forever so he's been like pushing my surgeries off to other people mm. and uh i went and saw him He's a blast. He's an old deadhead, so, like, my parents love him. He loves my parents. He's cool. He's had children's. I love love the videos you make on YouTube. I kind of, I almost want you to do, like, a reenactment of his story just because it seems like you could, you could do a great spoof on it. Yeah, for sure. I've, uh, I've gotten in trouble at children's. I gotta be good to children's. I gotta make some money and give them a lot of money mm. someday because they're not used to like a 30 year old person with a foul mouth at children's. And the last time I was there for a long time, I like played a prank on the Ryan Seacrest show. It was like this, but like live in all the kids' rooms. And I was being an asshole. <laughs> I was like, wheelchair dance cam. <laughs> the intern was like, okay. <laughs> when Kaylin showed us her first funky track she made at 16, she helped us reminisce about the genius behind hip hop. In her song Back in the Days, Kaylin speaks not only about the major influences of her sound, but what hip hop truly represents. Cool. This is all interesting, and I'm thinking. Maybe you could play us a song and and tell us about it. Oh God, yeah. This is uh, not supposed uh, to be painful, Kayla. This is going to be great. This is supposed painful. to be. This is supposed no, to be. this is the introspection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So it was me and this guy Patrick. We were best friends forever. Scam artists. Like we just. Man, we're a trip. We're like a wild duo, and. Uh, he signed us up to play a show that he never told me about mm. until the night before. Oh, boy. We got chosen to play a parking lot at Lollapalooza, Fiddler's Green. We had no raps. We had no songs, nothing. <laughs> what so, year was that? 2002. Okay. I think I was at that one. Yeah. I don't even know. We never even went inside. We just <laughs> played this show in the parking lot. Like, 
I brought my power chair, so like I couldn't even be on the stage. We were just like on the asphalt at Wallapalooza with songs that we stayed up all night the night before writing. <laughs> okay. And we played for like nobody, except I think we met Chowie Tuna. Whoa, weird. Anyway, we we played this like weird set and didn't know what we were doing. It was our first show ever. And uh, some dude was in, like, the asphalt. Like, it wasn't even a crowd. It was just, like, people walking around. And some dude came up to us after and was like, hey, I got a grant to give somebody with a disability money to do art. So, like, I have money to give (laughs) you, basically. So this guy gave us $1,000 to go to the studio. This lot lizard. That was a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the studio. There was this, like, studio in a strip mall on 38th and Garrison, right by the Anderson Skate Park. And uh, 25 bucks an hour, and we spent it so quick. And we wrote songs, and this is, like, when I realized, like, I had to start making my own beats because I couldn't afford to pay dudes to make them for me. And while we had studio time, I was trying to teach myself how to make beats, but I'm on a time clock, which is not like a very creative thing. So this song you're gonna hear is the first beat I made ever on one of their machines. I think it was the Roland 909, because then I saved up to buy it for myself. Okay. And (laughs) it's so bad, but it's- This is true efficiency when your first beat gets used in the first song you record. I love it. Yeah, right. see, this is how I make music. Like, no, I have hardly any unreleased things. Mm. <laughs> it's all been out. But uh, we did, like, three or four songs. Well, that's what our $1,000 got us. And this song is interesting. I listened to it today. Um, there's some other CDs that I found that don't play, which is a real shame because I don't think they're anywhere else. Mm. Um, but... A lot of the songs I'm, like, trying to rap, like, in a monotone, and I'm, like, yeah, hard, you know, like, blah, 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 and I'm, like, doubling, tripling, quadrupling my lyrics like so many of our teenagers love to do to, like, make themselves sound beefier. Right, right. Like, make me sound bigger, you know? (laughs) I still do that at Soundtrack. But um, this song is, like, it sounds like me. The other ones I'm, like, trying to be somebody I'm not, you know? So it's called Back in the Days, and it's mostly about, like, Left Eye and old school rappers. This is, like, hip-hop will never be as good as it was in the 90s, Mm. and it was so much better when we were young, but I'm 16, 17. Nice. (laughs) I'm still young. Let's give it a listen. Oh, boy. Still hits hard. It does. Back in the days I can remember how the music used to make me feel. Back in the days I can remember how the music was just so real. Back in the days we were just so young. Didn't know the meaning DMC and run. Now we old enough to appreciate in the studio trying to participate. Back in the days I can oh, remember yeah. how the music that fake used to make me feel. Back in the days I can remember. 
How the music was just so real Back in the days we were just so young Didn't know the meaning, do you see it run? Now we old enough to appreciate In the studio trying to participate I was five when I got my first cassette tape It was TLC and then I used to wear them band-aids All my shoes, all my clothes, everywhere The first white girl to have T-Buzz hair Popping they CD when things were all wrong Thinking it's a fashion statement to work on them My life got changed when I heard that she died Remember, I'm fighting who got to be left aside I wish there was no such thing as a clock Cause if not we still have Biggie and Tupac If I could go back, you could nothing could be better In my room talking nasty like salt and pepper I asked the meanings of the lyrics like sex and wet The question came up every time I heard you sweat Everyone was singing hip hop, even my toys Even my brass monkey to the beastie boys When things got tough, these other breaks record as blow When I wanna get sober, I tried to sing it Whoa. My dad hated cause I had a crush on crisscross But I like I'm thinking juicy like Sir Mix-a-Lot The crown goes to run DMC, JMS, J Have a Missy Elliott, I can't stand the rain I miss getting happy, hip-hop hooray Hit them notes, huh? gonna knock you out by LL Cool J Wanna be rebellious, how about N.W.A? But none of them would exist without Sugar Hill Gang I took the school when I listened to the Fugees The words with you pass with bone thugs and harmony from the west, so there's Ice Cube and Mac-10 Skill getting funky in the south with H.E. Taking in all these songs I would've never knew At a teenager I'd be rapping about my childhood As the old school Ooh, old school Rest in peace, Jam Master J. Left eye, miss you. Oh, Tupac, I never heard this part. Right on. What would, <laughs> what would, Kaylin, the teacher, say if one of her students played her that? Uh, turn down the backs. Like maybe no backs. I hardly do backs anymore. Those were bad. I love how I can almost picture you like working with that machine. You're like, boom, boom, and you like you like what you got, and you're like, it doesn't need a backbeat. I was no. like, no snare. It's like mm-hmm. we're good right there. Yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. It's like this machine's doing what I need for the moment. We'll call it good. Yeah, uh, that that mix is really bad too. Like, the backs are like louder than the main vocal. Um, it's well, just oh, let's, really let's bad. Re- okay, let's reverse it. What would the what like bringing it up to date? What would the the teenage freshman version of you say about current you now as a rapper? Ooh, I think I'd be like pretty impressed. I hope. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's a great thing. That's a, it is. That's where you want to be. Although I don't know if like teenage Kaylin could handle like the stuff that. I care more about now, which is like breaking that mold or like breaking the familiarity, you know, like musically yeah, or politically or what? But all, all, you mm. know. And as a teenager, like I never listened. To me, it was risky and different, you know. But like now that I know so much more about hip hop, it wasn't that experimental, and it wasn't. I was still listening to like mainstream rap. 
pop mm. rap, you know. Um, it wasn't like stuff that makes me super uncomfortable. My Youth on Record is proudly brought to you by Youth on Record, a Colorado nonprofit organization where local teens are empowered to find their voice and value by working with local musicians as their educators. Teens in Youth on Record's programs are working to be both the next generation of creatives as well as community leaders. They do this through music, poetry, and storytelling. My Youth on Record is one of their newest programs. Learn more at www.youthonrecord.org. Kaylin, thank you so much for being this here was today. This fun. Yeah. Anytime. Appreciate I live across it. the street. <laughs> <laughs>